Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very senior and accomplished hospitality professional and a fellow YPO from the US, Mr. Bashar Wali. Bashar, welcome to the show. Thank you. Delighted to be here. Thank you. Uh, Bashar is the founder and CEO of Practice Hospitality. He's also the founder and CEO of This Hospitality. And as I just mentioned, he's a fellow YPO. So Bashar, let's talk hospitality today. My favorite uh, subject. Absolutely. Uh, tell me what was your motivation to start these two ventures? Well, so first, first and foremost, I love telling the story about, you know, what hospitality means to me. Often people talk about us being in the service industry, mm-hmm. and there are lots of people in the service industry. My dentist is in the service industry. Mm-hmm. And I cry foul on that notion, and I say, service is something you deliver. Hospitality is how you make people feel. Wow. So I originally grew up in the Middle East, and there's a saying that goes something like this. When a stranger shows up at your door, mm-hmm. before you ask him who he is, where he's from, and where he's going to, feed him for three days, mm-hmm. because by then he'll either be strong enough to tell you Mm -hmm. or you'll be such good friends, it won't matter. Amazing. So this idea of hospitality to me really is something innate to us humans. Mm -hmm. And although some of us maybe aren't as hospitable as others, but I think Mm -hmm. by and large, people like welcoming people into their worlds, into their homes. So this is really all I've done for the last 30 some years now. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of the pandemic, I sort of felt that we were straying away from what we do. We were Mm -hmm. focusing on things that don't matter at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. whether it's art or design or technology and all those are great things but i felt that we were losing that human touch so mm-hmm. i started those two companies the one is practice hospitality which is a hotel management company mm-hmm. you own a hotel ash you need someone to manage it for you you call me we come manage it for you and our mm-hmm. premise is we want to do it again putting the human at the center of the experience mm-hmm. and then this assembly is the other company and that is a company that's sort of a broadly real estate slash venture slash I want to be able to do whatever I want to do in the space that would allow mm-hmm. me to really think about hospitality 3.0 for that matter and mm-hmm. think about things differently. amazing amazing so before I get into more details of hospitality and your experiences uh, you just spoke of the pandemic and COVID uh, your industry has been the worst hit in this pandemic I mean if I think of all the industries uh, what, in your view, is the reaction of the hotel industry and what are they going to be doing? Because we are back again into lockdown phase. I mean, look, unfortunately, I wish I knew the answer. Mm-hmm. And I think something I've learned along the way is this idea of we're taught to never be vulnerable because mm-hmm. vulnerability means weakness and, in fact, the opposite. Mm-hmm. So the best thing I've found that I've managed to do with my team is really to be vulnerable and say, listen, I don't know. I don't have the answers as much as you don't. Mm -hmm. Let's together sit and figure it out. So I think ultimately, I use the example of polio. No Mm -hmm. no one ever leaves their house in the morning thinking, oh man, I better be safe and not catch polio. Mm -hmm. I think this is unfortunately a sad black cloud that's over us and it will Mm -hmm. pass. Mm -hmm. And we should have to be resilient enough and see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I think obviously we're starting to see that even now in the US, at least with Omicron, Omicron, it's, it's, although it's happening and surging, people are sort of realizing that there's a, you know, a way past it. So I, I think ultimately travel isn't going anywhere. And until humans are able to lie in bed with a VR goggle 
and see the world, they will forever, you know, we were, we are wanderers, right? As a species, we are wanderers. We can't reside in one place. So I think it's a blimp on the radar. And if you look at it over a continuum of a hundred years, over a lifetime, this Mm -hmm. whole pandemic thing will be a small little dot in the scheme of things. Very well said. And I'm I'm delighted to hear your confidence. Uh, I'm optimistic for sure. Absolutely. I agree with you. You know, I was speaking to some other uh, senior hospitality professionals and they made an interesting observation, whether it's in the US or in any other part of the world or India. They said domestic travel is very robust. Business travel is a bit, a bit of a challenge. I'd love to get your perspective. I mean, clearly the kinds of hotels I do are usually urban city center hotels. So mm-hmm. they rely heavily on business. Mm-hmm. And I think we are all in the industry worried about business travel coming back because that is our bread and butter. But personally, I believe that business travel will come back because, you know, people like you and me, although we, we may not want to live on the road like we used to and be road warriors and mm-hmm. travel 300 days a year, I think it will come back in different forms. So my, my prediction is it'll come back at, you know, 75%, 80% of what it used to be, but it's certainly not going away. And as much as we've loved Zoom, I mean, you mm-hmm. know, we're all Zoomed out mm-hmm. and we're tired of Zoom. I agree. And mm-hmm. there's nothing better than shaking someone's hands and looking them in the eye and sharing a meal. And people forget about the art of courtship. Mm-hmm. It's hard for you and I on a phone call or a Zoom call to talk mm-hmm. about, tell me about your kids and where do you like the vacation? What do you like to eat? But if we're sitting, sharing a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, a meal, it's mm-hmm. a lot easier to engage in that beautiful art of human conversation. So mm-hmm. I think that inevitably will be the reason why business comes back, business travel comes back, because be- people want to do business with people they like. That's generally mm-hmm. human nature. And mm-hmm. it's hard to like someone on Zoom. You know, it's just mm-hmm. not the same. I agree. I agree. Well said. So, you know, uh, I have two grown-up millennial sons and we've just come back on Sunday after a vacation. You know, they flew down from Singapore in the US and we met them in France. And I was looking at their their philosophy of eating and traveling and living. All of them, both, you know, they and their families seek experiences. When a person of my vintage, and I'm much older than you, was looking at different places, going to different seas, sightseeing, etc. I wanted to get your perspective on how are the millennials and the Gen Zs changing the travel and the hospitality business? Great question. And, and although I am older, I like to say I'm a 14-year-old at heart. I, I, I sort of love to think about the world through their lens. I, I think we've seen travel become the new currency. It's the new social currency because mm-hmm. ultimately, you know, you can drive a $100,000 car and wear a $20,000 suit and no one really sees those things. But people see the experiences you encounter because you're sharing your entire life on social media. Correct. So I think with this idea of, of experiences being so front and center and people wanting to see the world and the world sort of expanding so so big now, it's become such a small village as it were. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the travelers are starting to break away from, we don't want to go to the good old hotel that my mom and dad stayed at or the fancy restaurant. We really want to live like the locals do. Mm-hmm. And truth be told, you think about how the way we live, like I don't have four hours of my life to give to a restaurant with 72 courses and all that business. Mm-hmm. I want high quality food. I want fun, engaging atmosphere. And I want to feel like I'm experiencing something special. So I think you're going to watch a lot of the traditional Uh, ways of travel shifting Mm -hmm. and the big brands that we sort of, you know, like no offense to the four seasons, but Mm -hmm. your kids don't want to stay at the four seasons. Even if you said you'd pay for it, because there's not anything experiential about it. It's almost, it's almost very sort of formulaic 
And I think people want to be surprised through these experiences. So I think they're definitely changing how we view the services that we provide and how we cater to them to allow them to enjoy those experiences, whether they're in our local community or broadly across the region. And, you know, continuing from what you just told me about the four seasons and experiences, again, when I was traveling extensively, it was always a big chain, large hotel, city center, uh, ease of access, et cetera, et cetera. But now with, with, with Airbnb or homestays, experiences seem to be driving away where the younger generation wants to stay. How will the big, big box of the big chain hotels adapt uh, to this the new reality? That's a great question. And you're watching the big brands like a Marriott and a Hilton. Who, mm. who, I mean, look, fundamentally, you went to Marriott historically because you had the certainty of execution. You went in Delhi or you went in Prague and it looked the same and the service was the same. Correct. Dinner really democratized that whole offering because now you didn't need to know that the building had the Marriott name on it to rely on it. Mm-hmm. You're looking on your phone, looking at user-generated, real-time, people like you who are telling you this place is good or not. Mm-hmm. So I think the big brands are starting to realize that. I mean, if Marriott, one of the biggest hotel companies and one of the sort of most traditional and old-fashioned companies, mm-hmm. a month ago, minted their own NFT I mean, mm-hmm. they are truly starting to realize that the path to, to growth and the path to survival is they have to attend to all these new travelers. So mm-hmm. a lot of the big brands have started doing the softer brands where they would take a hotel and say, you go do your thing, Mr. Owner, you know how to do it right. We'll help you on the back end. Mm-hmm. So I think you're starting to see them all coming off it and realizing that the independents were eating their lunch. And their way to mitigate that issue is this idea of soft brands now, mm-hmm. where it's more of an affiliation to help you do all the things that you can do on your own, mm-hmm. but ultimately you're handcrafting an experience for your specific travelers. So for my viewers and listeners, uh, help me understand what you just said. Uh, what is the soft brand? So Marriott has a Marriott hotel, right? Okay. They have a collection called Autograph. So you okay. decide you want to build a handcrafted hotel in your own hometown. Mm-hmm. You want to give it its own name, its own personality, its own, its own, its own sort of handcraft the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Then you could join the autograph collection and the autograph collection then connects you to the Marriott system. So if someone goes on to Marriott.com, they'll see your hotel. Mm-hmm. Marriott will offer you the big corporate services that you, a single owner for a single asset, it'll be hard for you to do it. Mm-hmm. So they're basically saying, look, you can be an artist, right? But artists often, as you know, can't really survive in business because their brain works sort of one way. And they're saying, mm. we'll be, we will build the engine. We have already built the engine for you. Mm. We're going to give you the engine for your car, but the car could be anything you want. Actually, the best example, and I use this often, is the Intel chip. Mm-hmm. You can go make a pink computer or a phone or a desktop or a laptop. It doesn't matter. Do what you want. Why should you have to invent a chip when Marriott has already invented the chip? Mm. So once you see that name, the soft brand, you realize that the insides will work well and that you're not going to be facing a lot of uncomfortable things along your stay because the artist doesn't know how to do it. But then you also get the benefit of the handcrafting of the artist Mm -hmm. who's going to hand select the art and the coffee and the music and really bring the local community in, Mm -hmm. which to your point, if I want to get an Austin, Texas experience, Mm true Austin, Texas experience. I'm not going to go stay at a Marriott in Austin, Texas, but I'll mm. stay at the XYZ hotel that is connected to Marriott because right. it'll give me the local experience. Well said, well said. So, you know, you just spoke about NFT that the Marriott launched um, and that's a good segue to my next question that over the last few years, technology seems to be changing every possible industry. 
I'd love to get your perspective on how is technology changing hotels? Sure, great question. Look, back to my earlier comment, I think hospitality at the heart of it is about humanity, right? Okay. And interacting with other humans. I've stayed in Tokyo hotels where I was checked in by robots. Mm-hmm. I've stayed in New York hotels where I order a towel and a robot brings me my towel. Mm-hmm. I think hospitality, hopefully, in my, in, my, in my wishful thinking, will use technology to remove the friction of the transaction because mm-hmm. it's currently, it's very sort of archaic, we use archaic systems, mm-hmm. but I don't think it will ever remove the interaction with other humans because remember hospitality what i said earlier is me making you feel welcome at a place Mm -hmm. and until we can teach robots how to be empathetic and have emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. i think humans will remain at the core of hospitality now again remove the friction i don't care who delivers my towel Mm -hmm. but when i have a question i want to talk to a human and i want to engage in that conversation with them and honestly if if you go darwinian for a minute Mm-hmm. We humans want to be part of something bigger than we are. Correct. We want to. We, we are tribal. We need to be together. And when you're going to a strange city, there's some sh- something special about sort of being welcomed by a person and not just going to a dark apartment, opening a door and going on your own. So my prediction is that we will continue to use technology to improve our processes. But like I said, unless we can invent a VR goggle where you can mm-hmm. lie in bed and travel the world in the same <laughs> way you would in person, mm-hmm. which could happen. I'm not saying it won't then travel will change irrevocably. But until then, people want to be out there. They want to be smelling the air and touching the sand of these places. And I think the humans are at the center of it. Fascinating. So one more question before I come to practice hospitality and this hospitality. Sure. Uh, as a longtime hotelier or a hospitality professional, uh, I was speaking to some friends and they were saying that the best general manager of a hotel is one who is present at breakfast because that's the only time they are able to meet every single guest. My question to you is, what do you think is the right profile of a good hotel leader? I think a good hotel leader, at least in my selfish interest, because I've done it before, my selfish opinion is someone who has truly been, I don't want a general leading the army who wasn't a soldier themselves. Mm -hmm. Because no matter how much you learn in school and what fancy school you go to, there's nothing like hands-on experience. Mm -hmm. So often I always am attracted to those who who have come from from the ranks. Mm -hmm. And I love general managers who are terrible at paperwork because that means they're in the lobby, to your point, Mm -hmm. shaking hands and kissing babies all day long. Because if you think about that job, if you do your job perfectly, you you really have no job. Because mm-hmm. you're surrounded by department managers who, if they're doing their job correctly, your job then is to really be a cheerleader, mm-hmm. be talking to the employees equally as you are talking to the guests. So I love that analogy. I've not heard it before about being, mm-hmm. and maybe because that's a overseas model, breakfast isn't a big included thing in the US. Mm-hmm. It's a great point. But the point they're making is, I don't want someone sitting in an office pushing paper because that does us no good. I want someone making feel making everyone that walks through the door feel at home, knowing people's name. overhearing things and acting on them. If I heard you talk to your wife about it's your daughter's birthday Mm -hmm. and I went to do something to surprise and delight you. So I think I I want a foot soldier. I want someone on the ground, to your point, shaking hands and kissing babies, not some big executive who's sitting in meetings all day and playing golf and sitting on boards. Very well said, very well said. So Bashar, I'm now going to move to, after talking about such amazing points of hospitality and hotel and tourism, uh, you mentioned that practice hospitality and this hospitality is a consulting organization that 
helps hotels. Tell me more about the kind of work that you do. So Practice Hospitality is a management company, hotel management company. So again, you're a developer, typically, at least again in the U.S., there are owners that are not operators. So you build a hotel and you need someone to manage it for you. And it's interesting mm -hmm. enough when we started it. And if you know anything about hotel development, generally speaking, it's very hands-on and people agonize over making every decision, you know, what size doorknob and what color counter and whatever, right. a lot of details go into it. And I sort of equate it to when you're done, blood, sweat, tears, and money, mm -hmm. you don't want to hand your hotel to some random company to manage it. Right. The word management is sort of negative. You want to hand it to someone who's going to care for it, who's going to be passionate about it, almost like giving your baby to someone to care for. Mm -hmm. So we set out to say, if you're an owner and a developer and you're doing a hotel, a lifestyle hotel, right? We're mm -hmm. not into that sort of back to the boring beige box. Right. We want to be able to take your baby and give it personality and infuse it with life and make it, you know, uh, bon vivant and just a, 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 an, an offering that's attractive to your earlier point, sort of the new generation and really understanding the nuances. Mm. So that's that one company. That's what we do. We manage the other one. I'll buy real estate. I'll partner with someone on real estate. I'm helping incubate some brands. So anything to do with hotels mm -hmm. and hospitality at large, that's sort of our focus. And uh, are both these organizations only US centric or are you taking it outside also? I mean, I've always, I've sort of said U.S., but, you know, I am, I am a nomad at heart as well. I, 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 I've been to a lot of countries. There's a lot of countries to go to. I think there's a lot of interesting ways to bring the American sensibility, not an, in, an, in an egotistical kind of way or an arrogant kind of way, mm -hmm. but there's certainly an American sensibility that works. I think there's a lot of opportunity to take it globally. It would have to be for the right opportunity, but I would love to do something globally, whether... Asia, I will say, by the way, I think Asian hospitality is the creme de la creme, mm -hmm. the best hospitality. And I think back to my earlier comment about humans is it, it is the Asian hospitality, like people love to serve. They don't think of those things as job. It is mm -hmm. in them to serve. And I would love to do something in Asia, Southeast Asia, to really live that sort of Asian hospitality and, and model it, in fact. And in that case, I'd want to bring that back to the U.S. versus the other way around. Well said. So, uh, Bashar, I'm not going to move to the next segment, which are a few questions for you personally, because uh, all my viewers and listeners love to get to know my guest a little better. For uh, someone who uh, is a quintessential hotelier, hospitality professional, and you said you started life in the Middle East, what would you say are three key milestones in your life or your career? Um, I think obviously choosing to move to the U.S. was a big, big sort of move mm -hmm. for me. And it's a monumental thing that helped sort of my life in a different mm -hmm. way. Who knows where, what I would have ended had that not happened. No regrets, obviously. I'm very happy about it. I would say that after college, and I went to college for hotel management, mm -hmm. really choosing in a way, being forced by, by virtue of the economy, but also uh, embracing this idea of I want to clean toilets and I want to make beds. And I want to cook and I want to do all the things mm -hmm. was really a monumental sort of moment where I said, I think this will make me a better hotelier doing this. And it wasn't beneath me. I actually enjoyed it. And, you know, once you embrace something, you, you, you experience it differently than saying, Oh God, I have to do this. Right. So I would say that's the second one. And thirdly, and this is something I talk a lot about now is realizing that people are individuals mm -hmm. and sure we have teams and we have and we have but ultimately ash is a person who has his own hopes and dreams and aspirations mm -hmm. and when you start thinking about and treating and when i say people by the way guests teammates strangers a homeless person on the street 
Mm. We often tend to paint people with a broad paintbrush and calling them all the same. And I think that we make that big mistake. And I think the idea of individuality has become the center of everything I do. I never walk into any transaction, any in interaction, thinking this person is one of them. I, I treat that person individually. And I think that has helped me tremendously in life for getting career. Fascinating. Uh, my next question to you is that as a, a hotelier who is very clear what's coming out from you is you're a great uh, service professional uh, for in the tourism and hospitality business. What are some of the core values you believe in? Again, I love quotes. And there's this quote that I heard recently is, if you are so close to the line that you can see it, you're way too close, walk away. Mm -hmm. Integrity, honesty, nothing is worth more than my reputation. Mm -hmm. And you could say anything you want about me, whatever it is, I don't care. As long as the end of the day, you say, you know what? He's a good guy. He's an honest guy. So I think fundamentally, you know, they say, tell the truth and you'll have to remember what you said. I, I am sometimes honest to a fault. So I think integrity to me is the singular most important thing, at least in my life, mm -hmm. that, that I think at my grave, that's the only thing that I want to have perfected in my life more than anything else. Amazing. So I've got time for two more questions for you. Sure. My next question, uh, Bashar, is who or what inspires you? So humans inspire me, mm -hmm. uh, individuals, uh, their stories, their struggles, their successes. It really is fundamentally to me about other people, mm -hmm. things and art and cars and all that thing. Sure, it's all okay. But mm -hmm. ultimately, inspiration comes from humans. And an interesting factoid about me, by the way, is I never stay in any hotel more than once or mm -hmm. one night. Okay. And part of that craziness that I do, like, for example, I go to New York for three nights. I'll move three times, wow. never the same hotel twice. Mm -hmm. And I've kept count in New York City and I've stayed in 210 different hotels. Wow. And ultimately, the only thing I remember, honestly, is when someone goes out of their way and makes a point of engaging. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the art or the tile or the flowers or whatever. I remember mm -hmm. Joe from that hotel who mm -hmm. actually spent a couple of moments with me. So to me, that's what brings me inspiration. And I love talking to people from every walk of life. Amazing. And my last question to you, and this is for the thousands of people who will listen to our conversation. For someone who's made it right to the top, what would your advice be to a young individual starting off on her or his career in the hospitality business? Uh, be humble, be hungry, be self-driven, volunteer, raise your hand, say yes. I remember, I mean, honestly, I, I am very proud of the fact I, I tell people this. I've only applied for one job in my life, and that was the mm -hmm. job after college, mm -hmm. because I never said no. Like People would say, go here, okay, go there, okay. And it was, for me, all about really learning. And I think when people realize that you're driven, right, I think it's easy for you to make it to the top. So be humble, obviously, first and foremost. Never, ever, ever, ever waver about doing the right thing. There is mm -hmm. no wrong time to do the right thing, no matter what the consequences are. And I think ultimately the reward will come your way. Work hard, really, and just be an honest and good human. That's really it. Amazing. Bashar, on that note, uh, thank you so much. Thank you for talking to me at such great length about the hospitality business, about your journey in the hospitality business, about how this entire business is changing. Thank you for talking about your positivity about this industry. And thank you for all uh, the experiences that you have shared with us. Thank you and good luck. Delighted. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast. 
platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.